Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. All right. Are you ready to study the Word of God, yes or no? Let's do that. Let's get out your uh, sermon notes, and uh, we are going to jump back into the series called The Vine. It's about abiding in Christ, remaining in Christ, and uh, we are in John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8, and if you were here last week, you're saying to yourselves, well, pastor, we studied that last week. Yes, we did study it last week, but we didn't study all of it. There's so, there's so much in this text that is so rich that we, we want to go back to it and let it speak to us in different areas of our lives. So John chapter 15, starting in verse 1. I'm going to read all eight verses right here. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. This is Jesus speaking. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you in this very moment asking you to give us, to give us hearts that are receptive to your word. Lord, I, I know what your word says about receiving your word, that there, there are those that receive the word, but it gets choked out or it dries up or it's stolen. Father, we want to have good soil. And so, Father, by faith, we take this word and we allow you to plant it in our hearts that it would produce a harvest that's 30, 60, or 100-fold according to your word. Father, give us ears to hear what your spirit would say to us and change us for the glory of your name. And we pray it all in that wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, if you saw some verses in here that you said to yourself, boy, you know, I'd like to know what that means about maybe the, the cutting off and throwing away or withering and being placed in the fire. We talked about that last week. So you can go to our website, listen to that sermon again, um, or, or, or to podcast. It'll be there. And um, uh, ultimately, um, Oh, we're not going to we're not going to go in that direction today because we've already been there. Now we're going to we're going to say a few things though again to kind of create a foundation of what we've already talked about. Letter A, I want you to write this down. This is what we're that, this is what I'm reminding you of, but also what these verses say that we were not created to be self sufficient. New song, you were not created to be self sufficient. You were created to be attached to the vine and and live your life accordingly. So, so, and I know what's happening in the world today, and, and I know uh, a lot of people are saying, well, you've got to be true to you, and you've got to be, you know, do it yourself and do it your way, and 
Uh, can I tell you something? You need, you need to be reliant upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Do not have a spirit of self-sufficiency. You have to remind yourself, without Christ in me, I can do nothing. Without Christ's power at work in, in me, I can do nothing. Everything that I do is because God has, has graced it in my life, that he's graced me, he's graced my family, that God has been good, that we are completely reliant upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. And if you're living this life with this attitude, well, I'm going to do it my way and I'm, I'm going to live my life. Can I tell you something? There's a better way to live life. And it's to live the life that God wants you to live in Christ Jesus. It's the best life you could ever have is being found in Christ. And so this portion of scripture, I know we're reading about the vine, we're reading about fruit, but can I tell you the main heart of the scripture is not about bearing fruit. The main heart of the scripture is actually about remaining in Christ, abiding in Christ. In fact, he says it 10 different times in John chapter 15. That's the focal point. He says, no, no, here, here's what you need to do. Remain in Christ. Stay in Christ. We said it this way last week, to loiter, to, to hang out with Jesus. And the more time that you spend with Jesus, the more you abide in Christ, you're going to bear fruit. It'll just naturally be a part. Let me say it this way. It'll supernaturally be a part of your life. If you remain in Christ, if you hang out with Christ, if you spend time with Christ. So you're not meant to be self-sufficient. In fact, you were designed to be reliant upon the vine, which is Letter B, write this down. That the job of the branch is actually to stay attached to the vine. That's your job. That's your duty as a believer, as a follower of Christ, to stay attached to the vine. And it's that heart that says, I'm not going back. Like, if anything, I'm going deeper. I'm not going back to my old way of life, my old way of, of thinking. In fact, it's the exact opposite. I'm going deeper in Christ. I'm going to love Christ more. I'm going to honor Christ more. I'm going to worship Christ more. I'm going to give life. I'm going to give Christ my life. I'm going to give him my all. So we stay attached to the vine. And then let us see, write this down. That we must not try to take over the function of the vine. Because Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. And a lot of people, what I mean by that is a lot of people get themselves in, in, in or, or just find themselves in difficult circumstances and they don't think God is working fast enough or they haven't really, they haven't really learned to rely upon God. And so therefore they start manipulating things. Like if you're having some frustrations with your spouse, then all of a sudden it's, well, well, maybe if I say it this way then they'll change. Well, maybe if I buy them this book, they'll, they'll change. Well, well, okay, she's not reading it. He's not reading it. So maybe I'll just put it on their nightstand where they sit or, or next to their, their lazy boy where they sit during the day. Maybe then my spouse will pick it up and, and read it. Can I tell you, can I tell you something? You're, you're trying to take over the function of the vine. Your, your job is not to manipulate. Your job is to rely is depend. It's, to, it's to, to hang out with Jesus. It's to pray. It's to thank him in advance for the things that you don't see as of yet. 
It's, Father, I haven't seen anything yet. I don't see the evidence of this, but I've been praying for a long time, and I thank you that it's going to be done according to your will, and it's going to be done according to your timing. Thank you, Father. I trust you that you're ministering to my spouse. I trust you that you're, you're, you're working with my children. I trust you that you're helping my boss. I trust you that you're doing whatever you're praying for. See, that's called faith. Faith is the evidence of things that we don't really see. It's, 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 it's the, thing, the evidence of things that, that, that we, we hope for, that we long for, that we're declaring, that we're speaking and believing for. We don't see it yet, but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. See, in the heart and the mind of God, it's already there. You just don't see it yet. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The Bible says that we are to, to call things out even though they're not, as though they were. As the, the, no, it's already done. You wouldn't believe how many times that God has just reminded me concerning the, the, the things of ministry, concerning the things of God, things that I was praying about, things that I was pursuing, things that I, that I was frustrated over. And I said, I would come to God, I'd be a little bit frustrated and, and impatient. And, and God would just remind me, no, 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 that's already been done. You just need to thank me for it now. Well, God, I haven't seen it yet. That doesn't mean it's not done. It's already taken care of. Justin, I've got this. Why don't you just go ahead and give me praise instead? See, everybody, that's called living by faith. Not by fact, by faith. But the truth of the matter is, according to the word of God, it is a fact that I just haven't seen yet. Isn't that something? How many know that we are never called to doubt God we're not called to doubt his will, not called to doubt his word, not called to doubt his way. We are called to trust, to depend, to rely, to stay attached to the vine. Because I don't have the power to give life to anything. But he does. He is life-giving. That's why he says, hey, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you can have life and life in abundance. Everybody get that? I hope you're receiving this today. So, so don't try to take over the function of the vine. Don't do that. Yours is to stay attached, to rely, to depend, to connect, to loiter, to hang out with Jesus. And I'm telling you, then things will Changed. You weren't called to be self-sufficient. Now I'm going to show you something really cool. Uh, that so we're going to get, dive a little bit deeper. John chapter 15 verses two and three. We're going to read these again. I'm going to remind you of these things, and I'm going to I'm going to show you what Jesus is really teaching. The Bible says this, verse two. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. And then verse three, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. And so here we, we see that he's saying, he cuts off every branch, he prunes branches. And then it says, and it's almost like this, oh, by the way, you're already clean. We're like, well, how did you get there? How did you get to the word clean? We're not talking about cleanliness. We're talking about, we're talking about removal and we're talking about pruning. And he says, no, no, you're already clean. Well, that doesn't make sense. Actually, if you understood Greek, you would know that that makes complete sense. Because when he says this, he says, he cuts off every branch that does not bear fruit. That word cuts off really means remove. 
just to, just to take off, to remove. And the word is airo, airo in the Greek. And so then we get to this pruning process that, okay, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that they'll be more fruitful. The word for prunes is actually kathiros. In fact, write this down. Prune or kathiro means to clean or to purify. To clean or to purify. So that's why when he gets to verse three, he says, by the way, if you're bearing fruit, I'm going to clean you. I'm going to purify you so that you, that you bear more fruit. And by the way, you're already clean. You see what you see it now? Like I'm, I'm going to clean you. I'm going to purify you, but, but also you're already clean. You're already purified. I'm going to explain that to you in just a second. So the word, the word prune means to clean or to purify. And, and what I, the best example I've seen of this and, and have read of this too, just this past week in studying this, I got to see in Israel when I was about, uh, uh, when I was there about a year ago, my wife and I went there and there are a lot of orchards. There's a lot of uh, just acres. You're, you're driving in the middle of the desert, everybody. I mean, middle of the desert. All you're seeing is rocks. You're not seeing any vegetation. You're not seeing any cactus, not seeing any trees. You're just driving in the middle of the desert. And then all of a sudden you come upon a farm and in this farm, they have acres and acres and acres of palm trees. Date palms are, are grown there. Sometimes you'll, you'll come across this acreage, just acres and acres of vines. And what was happening back in, in, in the time that we don't really do this today, but it was common back then is the Bible says that when they would have, when they would, when they would grow the vine, when they would take care of the vine and its fruit, that they would take clusters of grape and these clusters would actually be on the ground and they would take these clusters and they would prune them. It doesn't mean cut. It means they would take these clusters of grapes and wash them and purify them and then prop them up on a rock. And they did that because they knew if those grapes stayed on the ground, they would rot that they wouldn't, they wouldn't grow, they wouldn't thrive, you, they would be good for nothing. And so the, the, the caretakers, the gardeners, which by the way, God is, he would take these clusters of grape that were bearing fruit and he would wash them and purify them and prop them up somehow so they could bear more fruit, that it would be better fruit. Now, were they already producing fruit? Absolutely. But he knew, well, if I do certain things to this cluster of grapes, it's going to be more beneficial. It's going to create more fruit. And that's what he does with us. And that's why Jesus says, hey, listen, you're bearing fruit, but I'm going to prune you. I'm going to cleanse you. I'm going to purify you so that you can bear more fruit. I'm going to clean you up. And by the way, you're already clean. Well, how can that be? Pastor, if I'm already clean, then I'm clean. Yeah, you're clean. If you're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are already clean. But the cleaning doesn't stop there. Now it's an ongoing cleaning. It's, it's, it's ongoing really through the rest of your life. And the big word for that, the big theological word that, I'll, that I teach you every two to three months 
about this, or I'll at least throw it just like now. I'll just put it in a sermon because it's important for you to remember the big word is sanctification. And it means this, that for the rest of your life, God is, God is cleansing you. He's purifying you. He's making you more fruitful when he does that. Are you already clean? Yes. You've already been saved by grace through faith. You've already been sanctified. You've been made righteous in his sight, but now he's going to make you more righteous. You've already been made holy, but he's going to make you more holy. You've already been cleaned. He's going to make you more clean. And how do you become more clean? Let's look at that. In fact, one of your bullet points there, Christians are not only cleansed, but they are being cleansed. That is the work of the Holy Spirit in our life called sanctification. We are cleansed and continually being cleansed. Meaning the person I was a year ago is not who I am today. I'm, I'm, I'm a more fruitful Christ follower today than I was six months ago or a year ago and definitely five years ago. I'm bearing more fruit because God is cleansing me more. That's why the Bible says, God says, be holy because I'm holy. But yet the Bible also says that we're made holy by the blood of Jesus Christ. So how could I be more holy? So, so, so God, am I holy? Or do I need to be holy? And God says, yes, 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 you're holy. Now be holy. You're a Christ follower. You're Christ-like. Now you need to live like a Christ, Christ follower. You see how that works? You've been cleansed. Now you need to live a clean life. You're holy. Now act like it. You've been made holy. You've been made righteous. Now you need to act like it. You say, well, pastor, that's really tough. I know. And I'm going to teach you the secret to that. Because you aren't able to do that on your own. You, you don't have the power to clean yourself. Your spouse doesn't have the power to clean you. It is the work of God and his son, Jesus and precious Holy spirit. But let me show you that. So a lack of connection, then write that down. A lack of connection, a lack of abiding, a lack of remaining, which is what this text is about. A lack of loitering, a lack of hanging out with Jesus produces a lack of cleansing. You see that? So, so the more that I hang out with Jesus, the more he cleanses me, the more he purifies me, the more he prunes me. But then a lack of cleansing also produces a lack of fruit. Let, let me say it this way. That we can, we can certainly correlate a lack of cleanliness in somebody's life with a lack of fruit. If you look at a lack of fruit, you're going to see a lack of cleanliness. If you see a lack of cleanliness, you're going to see a lack of connecting with Jesus. See, the more you hang out with Jesus, the more you loiter in the presence of God, the more, the, the more you are cleansed and purified from all unrighteousness. So if, you, if you've been dealing with some issue in your life for year after year after year, and it's just not getting better and you're not getting, past, you're not getting past it, can, can I tell you the real problem? The real problem, that lack of cleansing is actually a lack of connection. 
because you cannot hang out with Jesus without being changed. When you stay attached to the vine, you're going to look like the vine. You're going to bear the nature of the vine. You're going to act like the vine, talk like the vine, think like the vine. You see what I'm saying? And can I tell you something this morning? I'm going to say this in a very unique way. Because a lot of people say, well, I just have a sin problem. Can I, can, I, can I clarify that a little bit more? Yeah, you got a sin problem. But can I clarify that? You got a connection problem. You got a connection problem. You need to connect with Jesus more. You need to stay attached to him. You need to loiter in his presence. You, 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 need to, you need to place yourself in a secret place every day and just spend some time with Jesus. You're like, I know that, Pastor. I need to pray more. I need to read my Bible more. Could we just not be that casual when we say that? Because that's, that just sounds like works to me. You see what I'm saying? Well, I just need to read my Bible more. This year, I'm going to read my Bible more. Can I tell you, that, that sounds like a work mentality. Like, okay, for God to be happy with me, I'm just, I'm just going to have to. Can I tell you? No, no, no. We need to connect with him. We need to rely upon him. We need to remain in him. We need to be fully dependent upon him. Like enter into his presence every day, not with the goal of just reading your Bible, but with the goal of connecting with your Savior. Saying, Jesus, I cannot live my life the way that you want me to live my life without you. I need you in my life. So I surrender myself to you again today. God, I lay my life before you. And I honor you. And I invite you in. And I worship you and we worship him and we pray. And yes, we study the Bible. Yes, we, we dig it out and we dive into it and we, we take that word and we apply it to our lives. Absolutely. But we do it for the right reason. Not out, not out of the law, not out of being legalistic, not because of rules, Christian rules and church. No, we do it because we want more of the vine. Because we know that we need the vine or else our life will not be our best life. See how that works. So lack of connection produces a lack of cleansing. Lack of cleansing produces a lack of fruit. And at the same point, at the, this whole time, he's saying, listen, if you just connect with me, you don't have to worry about fruit. The fruit will be there. In fact, there are four levels of fruit. I'm going to show you four levels of fruit that maybe you've not seen in this passage of scripture this morning. It's so cool. These four Levels of fruit. And, and I'm going to show you each one as we get to it. So, so the first one is, is really found in uh, John 15, verse 2. Jesus says, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. So that's the first level. There's just no fruit. Write that down. There's no fruit. He says, he says, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit. Now he's just talking about fruit. So write that down. That's another level. You, you have fruit in your life. But then he goes further. So he says, there's these people that have no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. So put, put down more fruit, more fruit. And then you say, well, what's, what's after that? What's this, everybody? This goes to verse eight. This is to my father's glory that you actually bear much fruit. So we have no fruit. We have fruit. We have more fruit. And then we have much fruit. 
My question to you is, and here's an application for the day. Where are you on that line? Are you bearing any fruit for for Christ? Are you bearing any fruit in your life? Do you see the evidence? Do you see the mark of, let me say it this way. Do other people see the mark of Jesus on you? Do they look at you and see Christ? have, Have somebody around you been, not that you have the power to change them, you don't, but Christ in you has the power, right? It's Christ working in you and through you that people can also experience Christ. Are you seeing people around you that have been changed by the power and the glory of, 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 of our Savior? Are you bearing fruit? Are people glad that they've been, in, that they've been with you when you walk away? Are they glad? They're like, wow, that was so refreshing. Wow, that person really helped me. They really changed me. They really spoke some some things in my life that I haven't thought of before. Are you bearing fruit? Do you have no fruit? Do you have fruit? Well, okay, I bear a little bit of fruit. I think there's some fruit in my life. Can I tell you, that's not the stopping place. That there's no stopping place in this that really... If you're bearing fruit, that that Christ wants you to bear more fruit, and that's why he's cleansing you and purifying you so that you can bear more fruit for him. And then you'll get to the point that now I'm not just bearing more fruit, I'm actually bearing much fruit. And you say, well, who determines what much fruit is? Not me, not you, but God knows. No matter how much fruit you bear, you could, you could look at me today and say, well, pastor, obviously you're bearing much fruit. Look, can I tell you something? I'm not bearing as much fruit as I want to bear for the glory of the name of Jesus Christ. I'm not doing it yet. I, I do not think of myself ha- having arrived at much fruit. In fact, I'm looking at my life saying, I'm probably at more fruit, but I want to go to much fruit. And, and if I ever get to much fruit, I don't think I'll know that I got to much fruit. Because I think I'll still want to bear more after that. Everybody see what I'm saying? Because my love for Jesus compels me to do that. It compels me to do that. So there's no fruit, fruit, more fruit, much fruit. What level are you at? What level are you at? And if you're putting a check mark down at just fruit, can I tell you it's time to be cleansed and purified like never before? It's time to, let me say this way, it's time to connect with Jesus like never before. That you don't do it just because the pastor says do it. You do it because you hunger and thirst for righteousness. And the Bible says you'll be filled. If you pursue him, if you seek him, you'll find him. If you want to be changed by him, you'll be changed by him. See, this is what I found out. The more that I fall in love with Jesus, the less I love sin. I'm going to say that again. The more I love Jesus, the less I love sin. The Bible says sin is fun for a while. How many knew that to be true? Like you remember back in the days that you were having fun in sin, and then all of a sudden you woke up and you're like, oh, this isn't good. I went further than I wanted to go. I've done more than I wanted to do. This isn't fun anymore. Now I got a problem in my life with sin. Pastor, how do I deal with that? You connect with Jesus like you've never connected with him before and allow him to cleanse you and purify you. You spend some time in the presence of of our Savior. Not because you have to, 
but because you want to. And when you do that, he will change you from the inside out and you'll move from no fruit to fruit to more fruit to much fruit. And you'll live that way for the rest of your life, being completely changed, ongoing change by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit. How many know that what I'm saying this morning is true? Raise your hands. So let's live like it. Let's live like it. Let's live like it. I, I want to share with you some things from Dr. Tony Evans, one of my favorites. Have you ever listened to Tony Evans? Just shake your head yes or no. Have you ever done? Oh, the guy's phenomenal. He's a phenomenal preacher, knows the word of the Lord. He, he's just a, a great, just a great speaker, communicator, preacher, just one of my favorites. I, I love listening to him. And, and a long time ago, he, he preached about the, the, uh, the nature of the vine, the character of the vine. And I've just held on to this for a while because I knew one of these days I was going to be sharing this at some point. I'm going to share with you what Dr. Tony Evans says, these three things about the characteristics of fruit, the characteristics of fruit. So, so you might, well, I don't know if I'm bearing fruit. How do I know if I'm bearing fruit? Well, here are the characteristics of fruit. Fruit always bears the character of the vine. Now we've already talked about that, right? Fruit always bears the character of the vine. So the more you hang out with Jesus, you're going to talk like Jesus. You're going to walk like Jesus. You're going to live life like Jesus lived life. You're going to think like Jesus. You see what I'm saying? Like you're going to take on the character, the nature of the Lord Jesus Christ, because fruit always bears the character of the vine. Let let me say this. Let me get to number two next. The, The next one, fruit is always visible. Let me ask you a question, new song. Have you ever seen invisible fruit? Come on. Have you ever seen invisible fruit? No, fruit is always visible. It's always visible. And it's, it's going to show up at times that you might not expect it to. And if you're always in connection, if you're always in connection with the vine, if you're remaining in the vine attached to the vine, You're going to live this Christ-like life and you're going to bear fruit and that fruit is going to be visible. And it's not only going to be visible, but but number three, write this down. That fruit is going to be visible and it always exists for the benefit of somebody else. Always, always. It always lives for the benefit of somebody else. So when you take a bite of a banana or an apple or whatever, you're getting the benefit of that fruit, right? The fruit, let me say it like this. The fruit is not benefiting itself. Let, let me say it another way. Fruit doesn't eat itself. And if it does, it happens to be rotten. You know what I'm talking about? Have you ever seen rotten fruit? All of a sudden, it looks like it's eating itself. It just starts collapsing, right? Well, you're not meant to be rotten fruit. You're meant to be fruit that benefits somebody else. That when people are around you, they are benefited by your presence, by your love for God, by your attachment to the vine. And this is going to come at all times of the day. You can't stop it. If you're attached to the vine, the vine is going to flow through you and you're going to show the character of the vine at all times during the day. So let me give you another example. Just recently, I had a... I tell you, lots of things happened to me at gas stations and at Walmart. I don't know why. But I was at a gas station the other day just filling up my, my car. Somebody said the prices were about to go up. They ended up not going up, but, well, they sort of have lately. And I don't start me on that. I don't want to go there. But 
But I had to go and I was getting, I was getting fuel and there's this guy, this, this, this guy was awesome. He's such a redneck. He pulls up this mid-1990s Ford, four-wheel drive. This guy has got dip in his mouth and that little ring in his back pocket from where he keeps that little, you know, yeah, that stuff. And, um, and his, his, uh, his jeans are all worn out and they, they're all um, like cut, but like distressed. But actually it's because he works, everybody. It's, it wasn't a fashion statement. Isn't that cool? Teenagers, did you know? Come on, come on, everybody. That's good. Sometimes you rip your pants because you're working. Okay, so... This guy had, had holes in his jeans and, and his, these boots on and he's wearing this Carhartt jacket and the Lord just told me to, to talk to him. The Lord just told me in the moment just to bear some fruit, just to, to bear fruit. He didn't say it like that, but I just heard the voice of the Lord because when you're attached to the vine, the vine is going to speak to you. And so I just say, hey, dude, this is a, this is a great truck, man. What is this, mid-1990s Ford? He said, yeah, man, this is like 95, 96. I forgot what he said. He said, man, I, I, I bought this brand new. I've been driving it forever. What a great truck. And it has this engine in it. And, and then I got this other Ford that's got this engine in it. And I got this Ford. I'm working on this one. And all of a sudden, this guy that looked like the meanest guy in the world, this like angry redneck dude, is having the best conversation of his life because he's talking about his trucks. And I'm all in it, man. I'm just, I'm just acting like I know what he's talking about. And I'm telling him about a Ford, that truck that I had. And I, had, I loved that Ford and how it got stolen one time. And, and he looks at me and he says, so what do you do? I said, I'm a pastor. And I'll tell you, the conversation switched, but it switched in a good way. Then all of a sudden, the vine was being seen by somebody who was not attached to it because a branch decided a long time ago, I'm just going to stay attached to the vine. And when the vine does something in my life and speaks to me and cleanses me and purifies me and teaches me and, and encourages me, I'm going to respond to that because I live for the glory of the vine. So when he calls me to something, I'm going to answer that. I'm going to respond to it. And I don't know what the results will be. I don't, know what, I don't know what the conversation is going to be like. I don't know how it's going to go. But I know that if I do that, if I'm obedient to the vine every day, that I'm going to bear fruit. And then I'm going to bear more fruit. And then I'm going to bear much fruit. As I just stay attached to the vine and listen to the vine and live my life for the glory of the vine. So I've learned a long time ago, it's not about the branches, it's not about me, it's about the vine. The focus should be on Jesus every day. And I just pull people into conversations about Jesus. I, I wanted to see that man in church today. I don't see him. He might be listening, and if you are, you know who you are. And I want to see you in church next time. So I made a friend that day without expecting to make a friend. May it, will I ever see him again? I don't know, but he's my buddy. I love that guy. Why? Why do I love him? Because I'm attached to the vine and the vine loves him. You see what I'm saying, everybody? We got to stay attached to the vine. Let's stand up together. As you know me, I, I don't like to, to preach without 
application involved. I, I, I want, whenever I teach the word of God, I want people to grow in their knowledge of, of the word and of the knowledge of the Lord. But I also want you to walk away with something that says, you know what, I can do that. I can, I can apply that to my life. Like, in fact, I want to do that. I'm going to do that. And you'd say, well, what's the application today? The application is, would you just allow God, well, first of all, connect with him. Hang out with Jesus not out of a a rules relationship, but just because you want more of them. Connect with him and stay connected with him. Because I'm telling you, speaking all day long, you just need to listen. And when he puts things in in your heart, when he puts things in your head, these thoughts in your head, and you're like, well, is that God or is that not God? Well, let let me help you out with that. Whatever it is, would the devil ask you to do it? Like, would the devil ask for me to talk to a guy at a gas station? Would the devil, you think the devil wants me doing that? No, he doesn't want me doing that because he knows I'm going to talk about Jesus. So when I have those thoughts, I just know, well, that's from God. I'm I'm just going to do that. So you stay connected to the vine and listen to him and respond to him and worship him and acknowledge him in all of your ways. And you live for the glory of his name. And then he's, as you're connected to him, he's going to cleanse you. He's going to purify you. And I'm going to remind you, you don't have a sin problem. You have a connection problem. Because if you're connected to him, he's going to purify you. He's going to cleanse you. He's going to wash you and continue to wash you. And you'll be different at this time next year than you are today if you just stay attached to the vine. And and, and cleansing and washing, it's not always fun, is it? Have you ever tried to wash a puppy? know the puppy needs it, but the puppy oftentimes doesn't like it, right? And they'll squirm and they'll move. And sometimes we do that with God. He's trying to cleanse us and we don't like it because, well, I've been attached to this for so long. This has been a part of me for so long, or I've tried so many times before and it just hasn't happened. I don't want to get my hopes up or whatever it is. Can I tell you, just allow the Lord to cleanse you and purify you. And when you're in his presence, he will. Sometimes Sometimes you won't even realize it, though. Sometimes you will. Sometimes you won't. There have been times where I've been in the presence of the Lord and just overwhelmed with the power of of the Lord, the presence of the Lord. And I I just walked away and said, wow, that was great. That was awesome. And then all of a sudden, a week later, I realized, you know that thing that I used to do or that thing I used to think or the thing I used to say? I just haven't been doing that lately because God washed me of it when I wasn't even focused on it. He just washed me of it when I was focused on him. You see what I'm saying, everybody? Come on. We need to spend some time with Jesus. And if you want to do that, if you're ready to do that, could we just make a commitment today? Just as an act of, uh, of just a, a, a symbolic act of humility, could we just lift our hands to him and say, Jesus, today I surrender. Come on, let's tell him that. Jesus, today we surrender. We want to be connected to you. We want to know you. We want to be known by you. We want to love you. We want to worship you. We want to, we want to be with you, not because we have to, but because we want to. We don't want it to be uh, focused on rules and regulations and just trying to, just trying to, to get it done just for the sake of saying we did it. No, we want a deeper relationship with you than that. We want to spend time with you because you're our Savior, because you're our Lord, because you're our hope, you're our future, you're our joy, you're our everything. That's why we want to spend time with you. So we, today we surrender our lives and we rely completely upon you. Father, we depend 
depend upon you. We trust in you. We are not meant to be self-sufficient in this life. We are meant to rely wholeheartedly on you. And that's the choice that we're making today. Jesus, I surrender. I surrender my life. I surrender my family. I surrender my circumstances. Jesus, I cannot change a thing, but you can change it because you bring life. You make dead things alive. And I thank you that I've been made alive, that I've been made holy, that I've been made righteous, but you're not done with me yet. I thank you that you're going to continue to work your righteousness and your holiness and your purity in me. And it's for the glory of your name that I surrender myself today that I would bear much fruit for you and for the expansion of your kingdom. I worship you, and I honor you, and I glorify you in the awesome name of Jesus Christ, the strong Son of God. Amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week. Thank you.